From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 2nd, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by my good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Walter Eccles is also sitting at the table, and Will Perry's back in the peanut gallery. In this week's show, we'll discuss top news stories on the Diz this week, including the announcement that Disney will be closing the clubs at Pleasure Island. We kick off our Christmas in July series this week. And we'll explain what we're going to be doing for Christmas in July this year. And I've committed to giving away two podcast cruises this month. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about that. We're also going to be talking to Jane Cartelli from Gifts of a Lifetime. They specialize in some very unique gift experiences all around Orlando. And you will definitely want to stay tuned for that. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, we do have a couple of housekeepings. I know, Julie, you had one. Yes, Actually, it's about the Disney Cruise Line weddings. Uh, Tracy Whipple, an agent of ours for Dreams Unlimited Travel, she sent me some information. Um, the coordinator for the cruise weddings is Kathy. I'm going to give you her direct number. It's 407-566-5974. And the base price in 2008 for the wedding on board is $2,500. And the base price for the wedding on Castaway Key is $3,500. So gives you guys a little more information there. You cannot get that information on DisneyWeddings.com. I see. So thank her for that. Cool. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, one other thing I just want to remind everyone to be sure to check out our discussion boards at DizBoards.com. We have a great community over there, and many of our listeners participate on our Diz Unplugged forum, and we have links to that and many other sites of interest on our show notes page podcast.wdwinfo.com Anybody else have any housekeeping? I do. I have one. Since I didn't approve any of the gifts you or the prizes you gave away last week. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. They're all null and void. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're listening to it driving over here. I almost drove off the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys gave away some great prizes. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't give away my harpist. She wasn't one of the prizes you could give away. No, it was some great prizes. You did. That was very cool. It was a lot of fun. That was just. It was very spontaneous. Really hadn't planned all that. I just kind of went with it. And like I said, you weren't here, so I figured, all right, let me just give away as many prizes as possible before he gets back. That's not fair because John is very, very good about uh, making the money available for for all that stuff. He's the one who figures out to. How we're going to pay for some, for some of those prizes, but so I just like to bust on him about it. But he's never like that, never like that at all. So, all right, cool. Anything else? Anybody else have a housekeeping? No. All right, we'll do the news. Uh, first story this week: uh, Disney is set to start using Flogos, a new special effects machine that creates icon-shaped clouds. Developed by magician Francisco Guerra, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, the Disney logo will send Mickey-shaped clouds into the sky. The logos are created by a foam mixture of soap, water, air, and helium, which are then forced through a stencil. And the images can be as wide as four feet and can float up to 20,000 feet high and travel as far as 30 miles. 
There's people are going to be going people, insane. What is that? People be oh, yeah. People will be flying into Orlando, seeing these Mickey-shaped clouds as they're coming into OIA. They'll be controlling the weather next. It's, I'm telling you, it's just scary. <laughs> it's just scary. I mean, I, we'd heard something about this some months back that they were it was, toying around. It was on Good Morning America Friday, I believe. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. About Disney doing it? No. Or just, just in general? In general, it was showing stars and different things floating up. I believe they can use color also. <sighs> well, well, you know what? The Chinese are... are uh, messing around with uh, controlling the weather, so who knows what who knows what Disney will do next? <laughs> Disney shaped rain clouds. <laughs> That's just crazy. Well, be very interested to see uh, what those look like. So, if anybody spots them before we do, send us a picture. Love to see what they look like. I think there's video of it on YouTube. No, there's no video on YouTube. <laughs> They've taken it all down. There's no there's no video anywhere. No one's ever seen it. <laughs> Well, I just don't want you to think it's going to be like as big as a cloud. No, it's only like four feet. Yeah, it's like and it's, yeah, twenty thousand feet. If it's four feet wide, it's going to be tough to spot from the it's ground. Ru- it's roughly the size of a of a truck tire or Will's table. <laughs> Coffee table. Coffee table. <laughs> he doesn't use pledge. He uses arm roll. <laughs> oh, leave that him alone. Good. Leave him alone. He did a good segment. It was a very good segment. Excellent. A lot of people really liked it. So, All right. Our next news story, Melbourne, Australia, is vying for Epcot's a top spot at Epcot's Food and Wine Festival. Uh, Melbourne, Australia, is vying for a key spot as one of the top four food destinations at this year's International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. According to Don Richter, Melbourne Tourism uh, Marketing Director, the city was asked to bid on this spot by Disney. Included in the bid is a duplication of Melbourne's laneways lined uh, with street art, which leads to a Queen Victoria marketplace featuring food and wine samples. Unconfirmed reports indicate that the other cities in competition for the four spots include New Orleans, Rio de Janeiro, and Copenhagen, Denmark. So, Well, I'm pulling for New Orleans on this, but... Why can't we have both? Yeah, really. Yeah, Bring them all. I, mean, what, I thought they were going to do a state each year, like they did Oklahoma. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think they'll have dingoes. <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> the dingo ate my Mickey ball. <laughs> Poor Kevin with his, with his broken. Kevin's, Kevin's headset is broken. And like one ear, one it ear phone. It looks like doesn't it? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, one ear phone is kind of askew off to the side. It does look like a goofy ear. <laughs> I have a limpy ear. <laughs> oh, Lord. And th- this one really shocked me. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but according to uh, West 2 News here in Orlando, along with a couple of other news outlets, Disney is planning to close the nightclubs at Pleasure Island as of September 27th. It's actually on their website, Yep, the and Disney website. Included in these uh, closures will be such visitor favorites as 8-Tracks and the Adventurers Club. They're going to have problems. The Adventurers Club has some pretty loyal fans. They've already started things on the online. Oh, really? Yeah. Save the Adventurers Club. Pretty I, don't, much. I don't know why they're closing that one down. That one could survive among mm-hmm. like, shops and dining. That one st- could still survive. Yeah. You don't need to close all of the. I mean, you close all the clubs, leave that one open. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're even thinking about closing that. The Comedy Club too. You know, I posted this online. They've been chipping away at Pleasure Island for a long time. Yeah. They, when they got rid of that nighttime countdown, New Year's Eve celebration that they would do every night, they would shoot fireworks and confetti. They used to have dancers. It would draw a huge crowd on that street. They got rid of that shortly after 9-11, I think. 
And then, you know, once they opened up those turnstiles, they got rid of those. That really destroyed the whole street environment yeah. atmosphere of Pleasure Island. There you was know, at one time you could see somebody. They were never, you know, the top name arena touring acts. But, I mean, uh, we've seen Cindy Lauper there. The boy George was there. Brian Adams was there. Cheap Trick was there. So, uh, and these were not special hard ticket events. These were just yeah. who showed up and they were playing. Right. So, I mean, once they started doing away with that, Pleasure Island seemed to have an era. And it seemed to be going downhill. Yep. They also opened up a club which attracts a much younger crowd. They opened up the BET Dance Club, which specializes in hip-hop music and rap music. And it's drawing a much younger crowd, which and is harder to police. Yeah. So, And I also understand that people have... I've heard people state that they've started to feel unsafe at Pleasure Island. Yeah. I'm in the minority here. I, I other than I understand that people love the Adventurers Club. I used to be a huge proponent of the the comedy club. And the last couple of times I've been there, it's been it hasn't been crowded and it just it, it's a shadow of its former self. Yeah, we had a friend in town. We um we went to Pleasure Island on a Sunday night and it was just dead. We, we, went to, we went to all the clubs, including the BET Club, and they, it was just dead. We ended up going down to uh, House of Blues. Every Sunday night, they have Sin Night, Service Industry Night, and there's a huge techno-type dance stuff, but it's, it's always crowded. That's where the crowd's going. Well, reports are that Disney is going to be adding several uh, dining and retail establishments to the area, as well as a large tethered balloon attraction. Spare me. Pleasure Island was blamed for all but destroying the nightlife in downtown Orlando in the 1990s, but it remains to be seen whether or not Pleasure Island's closings is or it will have a positive impact on other venues like City Walk or the nightclub district in downtown Orlando, which, I mean, City Walk is a lot more popular with locals anyway. Right. Pleasure Island's been losing that market for a long time. When I used to work for another company, I used to work with a lot of people who were of the age that went to the clubs and stuff like that. And City Walk was a much more popular destination with people who lived in the area. Going to Pleasure Island was pretty, considered pretty lame. Yeah. Now, there's another aspect to this. You remember the rumor that's been floating around about the new park? The new theme park, the new yeah. The theme park that's supposed to be a night theme park, and it's supposed to have different attractions and more interactive. Most, it's supposed to be along the lines of a Discovery Cove are they going to limit the number of guests? One of the things I've read is that they were going to make the Adventurers Club part of that. As sort of that was going to be your entrance into that park where you're going to sort of get involved in the characters and involved in the story through an Adventurers Club type of experience. The Adventurers All Club rumors. would fit better on the boardwalk next to Jelly Rolls or something like that, I think, mm -hmm. or the Atlantic Dance, if they're looking for a nighttime venue like that, or someplace closer to Animal Kingdom. I just say don't touch it. Leave it alone. I'm one of those. As I said earlier. Here, there's I'm, a Hane shop right next to it. It's still You could still go and experience the Adventurers Club. Yeah. I, I, I will say I'm interested to see how, uh, how strong the outpouring of uh, grief online is going to be over the, over the loss of Adventurers Club. There's a petition Club. going right now. Yeah, but there was one of them that, that they shouldn't close down Mr. Told's Wild. I know. It's yeah. with everything. Hey, you know, people leave get, him alone. <laughs> well, he's going, Julie. Get over it. People get attached to him. Not it's in Disneyland. He's not. No, he's, he's not. There yes. in he will be there forever. I like it, Julie. Something better. I enjoyed it a lot. But now what they're doing with the the premium annual pass is instead of getting admission to Pleasure Island, you get um, Oaks Trail, the golf course. Ooh. I mean, that's fine for the golf players, but right. I mean. What about me? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You get so. to ride in the tethered balloon. <laughs> well, it'll be very interesting to see how, how it all plays out. But September 27th is scheduled to be the last day of operation for all the clubs at Downtown Disney at Pleasure Island. So should be very, very interesting to see how it all shakes out. And that will do it for the news this week. Uh, all right. A number of you have uh, written in or left voicemails that you missed the, uh, the weather report. So I will go back to doing the weather reports, even though I don't want to talk about the fact. Well, it's 88 today. It's not too bad. I think that's why they want you to do it, because it's so brutal here. You now. want me to? Yeah. yeah. They just want to rub <laughs> it in my face. That's fine. You know, turnabout's fair play. That's fine. I tormented you guys all winter. So... I'm telling you, if you're coming down right now, you're catching us in a very weird weather pattern. We're having we're having our, our thunderstorms every day, like is somewhat normal in, in summer. But these are these are not the same type of storms. These are not storms that are coming in for 20 minutes and moving on. These are storms that are here sometimes all day long or at least half the day. We most one, most yeah. of the night, too. Yeah, we had one last night that lasted a long time and knocked our phones out. Yeah, I was stuck in Lowe's. That was great. No. <laughs> Well, you see, that's yeah, and that was the reason we had a problem last week getting the email show up. We weren't able to record it because the storms were so bad. And uh, when it gets to a certain point with the thunder and lightning, we have to shut all the equipment down, unplug it. But uh, expect those storms going on uh, for for the foreseeable future, at least for the next week. Uh, Temperatures aren't going to be too bad, though. Temperatures are going to range in the uh, mid to upper 80s on the high side, down in the low 70s. You're looking at pretty much a 50% chance of rain going into the weekend, and then about a 30% chance of rain over next weekend, 4th of July. So let's hope that uh, the weather cooperates for those of you who are going to be in the parks on the 4th, because they will not, uh, if it's raining, if it's storming, they're not going to uh, set off the fireworks. So let's hope. But, yeah, it's going to be hot, humid. And lots of thunderstorms. Sorry, I wish I could give you better news, but that's, that is pretty much uh, what it is. So that will do it for the, for the weather this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And who would like? I would. Mrs. Moore. <laughs> You've been stealing my thunder for the past couple of weeks. I'm going first. <laughs> the 2008 Disneyland Half Marathon is coming up once again. It'll be taking place over the weekend of August 29th through the 31st. Registration is open. You can visit DisneylandHalfMarathon.com for updates and additional information. Cool. Thank you very much. Mr. Martin? I have the seasonal dining dates for um, all the restaurants that Disney is going to be increasing their prices. Um, During seasons of high demand, Disney raises their prices at a lot of the popular restaurants. Um, On average, it's $4 per person, ages 10 and up, and $2 per child, ages 3 to 9. The dates are May 25th through July 5th, 2008, November 22nd through November 29th, 2008, December 16th through January 3rd, 2009, April 5th through April 18th, 2009, and May 24th through July 11th, 2009. And a list of the restaurants that, um, that these apply to, 900, 1900 Park Fair, Akershus, Beer Garden, Boma, Cape May Cafe, Chef Mickey's, Cinderella's Royal Table, Crystal Palace, Garden Grill, Hollywood and Vine, Liberty Tree Tavern, Dinner, Ohana, Trails End, and Tusker House. These can all change, you know, but that's the list for now. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Mr. Close. 
I have uh, Disney World discounts. There's a Magic Your Way package discount for travel dates between August 3rd and September 27th. You must book by July 27th of 2008. And the booking codes are as follows. There's a DBO for a basic Magic Your Way package, a DDK for the Magic Your Way package plus dining, and DDN, and is in Nancy, basic Magic Your Way package plus dining. There's also a room only discount that's available for August 20 or I'm sorry August 3rd through September 27th. It's got to be booked by July 27th of 2008. That's a day less. And the booking code is DDH. And that's uh, rates starting at $69 for a value, $109 at a moderate, and $179 for a studio at either Old Key West or Saratoga Springs for Sunday through Thursday. Higher rates for Friday and Saturday apply and there's a minimum stay required. With both of these, restrictions apply and availability is limited. Cool. Crazy, huh? Discounts in August. I know. I know. Discounts in August for free dining. Well, no. What we found is when uh, our agents went back and repriced them, free dining is a much better offer than this discount. So if you got into free dining, you're doing much better. Yeah, we're seeing, I mean, I saw something come out for travel agents. They were offering travel agent rates at Disney World through the summer. Mm. I haven't seen, when was the last time we saw that? I mean, it's been years since we've seen them do that. They always do it in, in September. And throughout the year, if you get lucky, there are certain parts of the year you might grab a, a travel agent rate. But outside of that, it's been virtually impo- they're, they're virtually impossible to get. Did you guys mention last week that the candlelight processional packages are available? Yes. But, oh, good. Yep, we were on it. We actually booked ours on the cruise. Well, Kevin did. Booked ours while we were on the cruise. I did. I booked it from the port of San Juan. Did you? Did you get your new uh, Christmas Eve? We did. We're going to La Celle- or Chefs de France this year for um, nice. Christmas Eve. Very nice. Breaking the tradition, huh? Yep. Cool. Very good. Thank Just you. couldn't do the same thing again. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. John. There's a report out from the Shanghai Daily, which I assume is a newspaper, and they're reporting that... Okay, good. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. Uh, after years of negotiation between Shanghai government and Walt Disney Company, there appears to be a deal for Disneyland to be built in Pudong. Mm. Come on. You don't want to start selling Pudong Disneyland? <laughs> the official announcement is expected to be made at the Beijing Olympics. Um, you're looking at the park to be open at the earliest possible time in 2012. And they're estimating the cost will be about $5.7 billion U.S. dollars. Now, aren't they having trouble getting people into Hong Kong? That's what I thought. That's what I thought, too. Right. And this is the third Asian Disneyland to be built. Japan, Hong Kong, and now Pudong. You like saying Pudong. I just like saying Pudong. <laughs> Pudong. Pudong. I still want to go to Paris first, though, if anybody's looking to send anybody anywhere. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Well, neither Walter or I have... Rapid Fire, so we're going to end it there. Wrap up Rapid Fire, but thank you, everybody. All right, next up, we're going to talk with Jane Cartelli, who is the founder of Gifts of a Lifetime, a very, very unique service for uh, giving some uh, really unique gifts to people, the Disney fan in your life, so to speak. Now, Jane, uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's been a long time. We haven't talked in, we haven't know, talked in eons. <laughs> Now, um, why don't you just tell everybody to start out with, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about what Gifts of a Lifetime does and how long you uh, you guys have been around. Okay, well, I'll answer it in reverse. We've been around for 11 years. 
And um, the whole thing started because I was trying to plan something for my husband's 39th birthday. And with my husband, the experience is more important than the gift, you know, the, the thought behind it. Right. And that proposed, gave me a little bit of a challenge. I had to figure out something to do. And I wound up taking his favorite song, which is American Pie, breaking it up line by line, having each one be a clue, and leading him from one place to the next, finding the next line each time, you know, not finding items or anything, but finding the next line, but having to find that next line and then realize what that would take him next and so on and so on. Until so he eventually found his gift, which was actually in the trunk of the car after dinner that night, <laughs> waiting for him. And I got the idea to um, offer it to people at Disney, visiting the theme parks, because I had just worked on a travel guide no longer out, um, and the author was putting up a website. And they gave me, based on their site, to try it out. And within a week, I had the first two customers, and the rest has been history. Wow, that's right. It's been eleven years. You've been you've been at, you're doing this for, for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And we have a ball. We still have a ball doing it. We still cry after some events because they're so happy. You know, we still get a kick out of every single engagement. Well, one of the reasons I reached out to you that I wanted to, uh, to to talk to you on the show is because by far the biggest request we get in feedback whether it's in voicemails or emails, are people saying, you know, I, I want to plan something special for my wife, my husband, whoever. What do you recommend? I don't want to do something that everybody can do. And then it just kind of dawned on me, like, why don't I call Jane? Jane, that's is what Jane does for a living. Uh, Jane puts together these, these, great, uh, these great packages, these great uh, gift packages, and uh, will send you on treasure hunts throughout, uh, throughout Disney World. Right, and, and not just treasure hunts. Um, we actually have events where we follow you, and people come up to you at different times and present things to you that maybe would have to do with that particular style of event. Wow. Um, we also decorate the hotel room. Uh, we do um, all the different holidays, anniversaries, birthdays. We used to do the personal Disney shopping, but everybody's doing it now, so we got it by that. Yeah. It's... just makes it easier, you know, to focus on the stuff we really love to do. Exactly. And the stuff people like to, you know, have from us. Well, now tell us some of the more memorable uh, gift events you set up. Well, I will tell you one that we'll never do again because it was that unique. Okay. But it was hysterical. I received a phone call from someone, you know, wanting a whole event. But before that, having nothing to do with that part of the event, she said, would it be possible to get a live goat brought to our hotel room? A live goat? A live goat. And I said to her... What do you plan to do to the goat? <laughs> yeah, real simple, like a fraternity <laughs> initiation or something? She said, all I need is a, little, a goat that has on it a sign that says, Hi, my name is Billy. It was a, a family joke. And I said, okay, where are you staying? And she was actually staying off property, which made it a little easier. A little easier, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the Grand Floridian. I called the county extension office. They hooked me up with a goat farmer. I called the woman who asked the same question, what are you going to do with the goat? <laughs> she brought over a two-month-old little goat Oh my! with its bottle and everything. Oh, we met at the hotel. We put the sign on the goat. We went into the room. She had the couple who it was actually for in the other room. The rest of the family was there, put the goat down. They came out. They saw the goat with the sign. They cracked up. It was The whole family was in tears <laughs> laughing. It was so terrible. What was kind of funny, too, 
was that the goat, not expecting the noise and the attention, proceeded to do what goats might do, standing there getting scared. Oh, no. <laughs> and they thought that was even better. They, all of them were there <laughs> cleaning it and everything. Did the hotel think that was better? <laughs> well, they came to Zoe, you would have never known. <laughs> but what was hysterical is the rest of the day, or, or for the next few hours when they actually had their event in the park, we would get di- different people at Disney, including a couple of security guards, to play along with us and go up to them and say something like, excuse me, your hotel call. The housekeeper wants to know why your room smells like goat. <laughs> things like that as they were going. And they never knew it when it was going to happen. Oh, that's and great. just funny. So that's something very unique that will never happen again. You and got out of the livestock business after that? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to do those livestock events. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but one of the other ones that I, I really loved doing was the very first um, Small World Ever After event. And a Small World Ever After event is where we um, have a couple or a family come across a storybook that we've created. I get all the information from the people. Um, for instance, you know, couples coming down and they, they got married at Disney, they got engaged at Disney, you know, they're, they're now there for their anniversary. Well, I get every bit of information they can give me from past trips. And out of it, I pick an occasion, something they were doing at one point where something went wrong, and we make it so that what happened was they annoyed a Disney villain at that point, and a spell was put on them, and the spell leads them to come back on this day. Now, they have to break the spell. They don't break the spell. They are going to be locked on Small World for the rest of their lives, <laughs> becoming little miniature dolls, dancing and singing. <laughs> Usually that's enough to scare anyone to uh, yeah, right? <laughs> do something else. Um, and then they go around the park and they try to find the things that will, will break their particular spell. Now, that is totally unique for everyone because no one has the same story. Right. Everyone has a different, you know, something leading up to it. No one has the same things they have to do. That always has to change, too, because it's part of the story. But in this particular case, when it ended, uh, the children had purchased with them a, a brick, one of the bricks in the walkway. Right. They had never seen their brick, so they didn't know where it was. So we had them have to gather the things they needed. One of the things they needed was pixie dust, and they took the pixie dust and they poured it into a chalice that we had with water that had this magical stuff that turns things into gel, but the pixie dust floats on top of the water, so when the water turned to gel and stuck in the cup, the pixie dust would stay. And then we had them turn over the chalice, and the pixie dust fell out and landed on their brick, because we knew where it was, but they didn't. Oh, wow. So when they had to then look at the brick, it was like, very, very cool. That's cool. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. And that's also extremely unique. How many people still have a brick where they don't know where it is, and... Yeah. Have everything leading up to their particular story. Well, a lot of your uh, a lot of your services really revolves around tailoring these things to the individual. These are not just you know off the shelf ideas you have. You, you literally tailor everything you do to the person you're you're surprising. Absolutely, even events that we would do again and again change for each person. Wow! I mean, the letter gets done for each person. The the, the path they follow is done different for each person. Um, now, now, tell me a little bit about the cost involved. What what kind of pricing um, are we talking about for different types of Most uh, events? Most events run at about between two ninety five and three fifty. And despite everything else going up, I really tried to keep the price at that level, right, as much as possible. Um, now I'm a working mom too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we all know what everything costs. I really try very hard to keep that price there. 
and that price would include anything except for whatever the gift is at the end. We don't include the gift and the price because many events don't need a gift. You can end it with a loving letter, mm-hmm. um, or you can end it with something simple like the pixie dust, depending on the event. Um, it could be a card, or you, it can be a gift. And then we can help you shop for the gift, or you can send something from back home. In the case of something that might be Tigger, a Tigger event, we might say at the end, why don't, you, why don't we give a certificate saying that Tigger bounced the gift back to the hotel, and then you don't have to carry it with you or something. Um, so we have all kinds of options with that. Or sometimes it's the experience. You know, they, they book the Richard Petty experience, mm-hmm. and they're going to do that. Or it's uh, one of the specialty cruises in the evening. You know, we actually had an event not too long ago where it ended with a treasure buried on the beach, and when they opened the treasure chest, it was the tickets letting them know that they were actually leaving from the poly to get in a limo to go on the cruise. Wow. The mother had surprised everyone, including the dad, with a cruise. Wow. That's really nice. That's a shocker. (laughs) Now, but we knew about it. Now, how is Disney with uh, how is Disney with you in, in terms they of doing this? They particularly told us not to do weddings. Okay. Other than that, they haven't, uh, you know, in any way stopped us from doing them for for several reasons. One, we never do anything that's against the Disney policy. Mm-hmm. We don't try to front you on a line. We don't do anything in the restaurants, which a lot of people find surprising, especially a lot of guys. Oh, I want to get engaged in the restaurant. And we always talk about that because you never know if the kids at the table next to you are screaming, couples arguing. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But, but my feeling has always been that you, you want to do this for you. you know. And in, there are occasions where people want the crowd, but most of the time they don't. And in a restaurant, it's, you're blocking other people. And at the same time, you can't guarantee that you're going to have you know, a good spot in the restaurant. Right, it's, exactly. It's a lot easier to do it outside. So we don't do things in the restaurant, uh, except for occasionally we've worked with the Murder Watch mystery people. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they've worked the people into their show and then um, had had the guy, you know, take the microphone and then propose to the girl. Um, in fact, we did that one, I think, twice, two different ways, but we did that twice. Wow. So that's been fun. Um, also with Disney, we've done several events on the cruises. I was going to ask you about Cruise Line. Yeah, we've done several events on the cruises. What we usually do is, you know, we'll book a cruise that we think we're going to go on, let people know that that one's available. Oh, you know, okay. They like to, you know, book an event on that particular cruise. We have twice had people book events with us before we even booked the cruise. And it's like, well, that, that would be expensive because we have no reason to go on the cruise this time, so you'd be paying for everything. And what they said was, we'll open it up to other people, and we'll pay the difference. Wow. So, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Nice. Nice way to get a cruise. Nice way to get a cruise. And, you know, we get to keep busy on the cruise, too, which helps us not overeat. Because <laughs> you can't go to every single buffet. Exactly, when right? <laughs> when you're running up and down the stairs, hiding clues. <laughs> Let me say something. Um, a lot of people ask me a question that I feel it's very good for people to know ahead of time. They wonder, how do, how do they know that when they get to a particular location where they have to find something that is actually going to be there? And what I always tell them is very simple. We have someone at every location to make sure that the item or clue or whatever it is is there for their family. We never leave something and then, you know, come, you know, figure, oh, it'll be there an hour later because that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
that is not going to happen. But it's important. How far in advance do you recommend that somebody contact you um, to set up one of these events? Uh, Say say they're just hearing about you now and they're arriving, I don't know, three weeks from now. Is that enough time? Three weeks from now, yeah. There are some dates that will still be available, so that works. Um, If you contact me in October from December, you're probably out of luck. Because usually we book up by the first of October, December we'll be booked. Right, you know, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. We're, as I mentioned to you, we're doing our Christmas in July series this mm-hmm. month. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you think some creative, creative Christmas gift ideas you could come up with for, for someone. Well, first of all, events aren't for everyone, okay? Clients know their loved ones more than we do, even with our pre-event questionnaire trying to get all the information that we can to make us get to know the person. If you feel in your heart that your spouse is going to or your um, loved ones are going to enjoy a particular plan, then it's probably the right one for you. But if you're looking at it going, ooh, you know, I would love this, try to think, well, but would the recipient love it? Because that's important. Right. You know, uh, let's see. Well, Christmas, we do the, the um, decorating. We do a lot of wedding Christmas proposals, trying to catch the girl off guard into thinking of something totally different. We have several events involving finding the hidden Christmas ornaments, where we hide Christmas ornaments around the park. Oh, and cool. find their hidden ornament. That'd be fun. Yeah, one of, one of the events I enjoy doing is called Spirit of Christmas, and it's about Christmas past, future, and present. It has to, you know, they send me family pictures, let's say, or things that are from their family's Christmas items. That's the first thing they have to find, because that's Christmas past. And then they have to do something with Christmas future, and we do something, let's say, over in Tomorrowland. And we come up with different things for that, but then with Christmas present, it's involved with finding their gift. So they do that. We do something with Christmas caroling, where we have people um, go out and do a little caroling around the park, and then they give out gifts. That's a biggie. That's, wow, that's... People love to give out gifts to other people. Really? Wow. Yeah. You would be surprised how many people want to give gifts to strangers. And we're always very careful to have things in see-through containers because, you know, you just don't accept gifts from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they always have to ask a, a parent's permission before they give something to a child because, again, if you're, if you're going to do something where you're talking to other people and they don't know you, it's good for them to yeah. know from the front, you know, you are on the up and up. Exactly. Jane, we get a lot of people who are interested in decorating their uh, rooms for Christmas, and Disney offers the standard tree. Can you tell us a little bit about what you offer and what your pricing is, your range for decorating a room? Well, we do two different trees in that we'll do a tree that doesn't have Christmas uh, Disney decorations on it, but we'll get um, nice decorations and do it, and that's a less expensive one. I don't have the prices completely set for this year yet because we, we believe prices are going to be going up on your um, trees and things. So I'm not sure. I figure probably around 350 for a room decorating between 350 and 450 It includes the tree, the lights, the garlands, the stockings, Christmas cookies. Uh, we'll wrap and bring the presents if you send them in advance. You know, glass clings on the windows and on the mirrors. We do lights on the, if you have a, a porch or a terrace, lights around the bed. We have a ball with that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Now, if you ever look out at night and you see uh, lights on the um, on some of the different hotels as you go around, you never know if a pixie did it <laughs> or if the people brought their own. 
That's right. Your your employees are called pixies. That's right. They're all pixies. And how many do you have working for you now? Right now we have eight. Wow. Eight, but four of them are college students, and we will lose them at the end of the summer, sad to say, Aww. because they've uh, they've been working with us quite a while. Well, how does somebody get to be a pixie if they want to be if they want to come work for you? They contact me, and we talk, and we go from there. It's funny. One of my most wonderful pixies <laughs> um, contacted me, going, "I know you do postcards. We send them to people. I got one for my child years ago. I would love to help you with that." So I said, "Oh, you, you know, you live here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to meet me in the park?" And the next thing she knew, she had a job. So <laughs> <laughs> she's actually a full time pixie. That's great. It's a lot of fun. Let's see, going back to the room, if you want your room done in a Disney theme, really you just have to tell me, do you want it mixed up? Do you want a particular theme? Do you want more than one tree? Some people want a tree in the bedroom and a tree in the living room because they're in a two-bedroom or a, um, one of the grand villas or something. Some people want things hidden in the room. I've done it where we've hidden, we do a hidden Mickey event in a hotel room. We're oh, wow. In the hotel room, we'll hide different things that they have to sign. You know, and then, of course, they keep all of those. We did an event where they had the tree, but none of the decorations were there, and that led into where they had to go and find the decorations. Hmm. Wow. And you also do it for Halloween also, right? Yes, we do it with Halloween. Halloween, I have to be careful because we use dried ice in a cauldron, and we time it so that they're coming back before the dried ice run out, runs out. Oh, know, that's, it doesn't last very long. That'd be cool yeah. to come into your hotel room and see that. Yeah. Right, exactly. We have the lights. We put those glow sticks in so the cauldron looks like it's lit up from the inside because <sighs> they float really well. So cool. that's fun. Now, going back to the events, how long should someone block out in their day for one of these events? Should they block out a half a day or do they take a couple we of hours? We take about two hours for most events. Some of the events are, are shorter and they can be longer. But we talked to you about that. It depends on your style of event. Some people want longer, and in which case, of course, it costs more. But I try to actually talk people out of anything that ups the price, unless it really fits perfectly with everything they're doing for their family. Right. You know, if they have kids and they're starting the event with kids, but it's going to end with something with romance and they want to have a meal in between, okay, we can set it up that way, you know. But most of the time, it's two hours. And then that would include going on a couple of rides. And, of course, in the summer, it might include less rides. Yeah, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> in July, you are not going to get on Haunted Mansion and Pirates and Space Mountain in the period of two hours, even if that's all you were doing. Yeah, that's true. And, of course, if, if we know we're, you're booking an event that's going to be about two hours, we don't want you to spend 45 to an hour, you know, or 60 minutes on a line. We want you to be able to enjoy the event. So we talk to you ahead of time about, you know, what kind of line do you want? And if it goes over that, we'll dump that ride. That won't be part of the event. Do any of your clients ever ask for the characters to show up at any of these events? Yes, and we actually tell them, which is the Disney policy, that characters are not permitted to work for private events in the theme park during public hours. Disney doesn't like characters to be out in public doing something for a private event. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right. So recently, we had people who had their event end at the Grand Floridian. They booked one of the smaller rooms to have dinner for 12 people in their party, and then Mickey came to them. And they had Mickey for an hour. Oh, that's cool. But then Mickey took a break, and then Mickey came back. And the photographs for that one, to me, made the whole thing, in fact, the father said, this one particular photograph made the whole thing worth it. 
because there was a picture of Mickey walking the child down the hallway, and it's just the two of them from behind, but they're looking, you know, they're both profiling at each other, looking at each other. It's a three-year-old child and Mickey, and it's just the two of them in the picture. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that was a nice one. And and that's another service that we offer, too, the um, Catch the Magic Photo event. Oh, that's right. a professional wedding photographer who works for us. Um, actually, she works for herself, but we, you know, um, contract with her. And her, she's local. Her name is Robin, and she does fabulous photos. So um, sometimes she'll come and do an event with, she'll photograph the entire event for the people and then give them all the photos. She doesn't keep any rights to the photos. This is not, you know, a commercial venture in that, you know, she takes your photos, but then they're yours. You keep all your rights to your photos. And sometimes she, People hire her just to take their vacation photos for them. Wow. That's that's a good service. service. Yeah, now how much is a photo event? Photo event is $275 for two hours, $175 for some of the engagements that are much shorter, and then um, I think she charges $50 each additional half hour because some people, you know, do want longer. Yeah. So, so, so it's a, it is an option if you want to have your vacation photos professionally taken. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an option you can you can have. That's pretty cool. That she does. You know what? When I was coming up with ideas for things for today, you know, getting my Christmas stuff in order and things like that, I was thinking there are also people who just they can't afford it. You know, a lot of us right now, you know, we're scraping together money for the vacation. We just right. can't afford the extra stuff. And the great thing about Disney, and I'm not trying to throw away any business here, but the great thing about Disney is there are so many other things you can do at the Christmas time that you don't even need an event for. That's true. There's quite a few things you don't even need to be in the park for. I mean, think about taking the monorail tour to the different hotels just to look at all the decorations. You know, stopping at the Grand Floridian and eating part of the gingerbread house because they sell the shingles. Right. You know, or... um, Sitting out on the beach at night and watching the uh, Christmas wishes. Yeah, good. Uh, yep. Good suggestions. Well, exactly. There are a lot of things to do. There are um, things you can do, and you know, it, it. There's something for everybody. But you know, like I, like I said, though, we we get so many. There are so many people who are just, especially you know, I, I think our, our listeners and our visitors who have been to Disney many times. And really want to surprise their significant other with something really unusual. We get that all the time. Yeah. Or something unique that not everybody else will do. Exactly. Birthdays, want- anniversaries, engagements, yeah. And well, especially with engagements because so many things are on the Internet. And if a girl's are, you know, any kind of an Internet person, she may have already seen an engagement. So you don't want to then book that engagement. We beg our clients not to put their engagement descriptions up on the internet hmm. for that reason because they see enough of the ones that are offered uh, through Disney engagement and I'm like don't don't put yours up there don't let someone else see it when an event's up I retire that engagement for about two years oh, like a wow. tattoo yeah <laughs> and it was funny one gentleman booked um, an engagement and then didn't go through with it but he told a friend about it who did who's in a bridal magazine uh, writer for a bridal magazine who then put it in the magazine regional up in Tennessee, West Virginia, North Carolina, that whole area, and was in a bridal expo. And I'm so grateful he sent it to me because then I knew if anybody contacted me from that area, do not offer that engagement. 
Wow. Because for me, the worst thing would be to start the engagement and have the girl turn to the guy and say, oh, I know what you're going to do. Wow. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> so that, but that really, that, that limits you a lot and that you have to keep coming up with new ideas. But that's great. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you have the wherewithal to keep coming up with new ideas. I'd be afraid I'd run out. Yeah. Well, especially I have clients that over the past 11 years have come back to us eight times. And I've got to come up with something new for them each time. Wow. And, I mean, one couple, we did their honeymoon. And then we did their first anniversary. Then we didn't hear from them for a couple of years. And then the kids started coming. So we did for the first child, which was a girl, that we did for a boy. And now the kids are a little older, and I'm getting ready for maybe next year. I figure they'll be back again. And I've got an event set for them because now they're, you know, 11. Wow. <laughs> so that'll be nice. So you do get a lot of uh, do you get a lot of clients that come back to you over and over again? Yes, and it's funny. While we always had a few each year, I noticed two years ago they were really starting to flow in. So I guess we reached the point where you know we've done, had done enough of them that the repeat clients were almost outnumbering the new ones. Wow! So that was that was nice. That's great. Well, it says a lot about the service. Well, you know, we strive to really make it as perfect as possible, and. You know, one of the things I'm very proud of is we don't have, um, we take credit cards, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't have chargebacks against us. And that is almost unheard of in the credit card. Yeah, really. That you don't have. You know, and it's not like, you know, I've had them and I fought them off. No. You know, we deliver what we say we're going to deliver. You know, and if we can't do it, we won't contract to do it. It just doesn't make sense. Well, for anybody who is looking for a unique gift idea, and I know there's a lot of you out there because you keep sending us emails about it. Uh, this is a great place to uh, check out. Gifts of a Lifetime. It's giftsofalifetime.com. Jane Cartelli is the founder and chief pixie, I'm assuming. Bill the chief pixie. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. It was great talking to you again. It was great talking to all of you. I hope to speak to you again soon. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk, we'll talk soon. Alright, take care. Bye-bye. Jane, thank Thanks. you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that was very nice, uh, getting a chance to talk to Jane. Jane actually had done um, an event for the Diz for our second anniversary. Somewhere there's a videotape of that. But uh, they had, she, she had done this whole thing for me for the second anniversary of the Diz. We were over at, uh, we were having a party. at uh, We rented out a grand villa over at the boardwalk. And we had about, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 people. And we had some cake and all that other good stuff. And. Jane and her pixies were there, and there was this whole thing they they put me through and gave me this uh, beautiful shadow box. Uh, a lot of uh, site visitors at the time uh, had sent in like photos of themselves at Disney World, and she put it all in the shadow box for me with all these cute like I have it somewhere. I have to show it to you guys. It's really cool. I think it's cool that that her uh, employees are pixies. I think we need to come up with a name for our employees. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I can only Do you imagine. Have any ideas? <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, something along the lines of. Pixies. Do you want to walk home? <laughs> <laughs> very attractive people. They're very smart. Vaps. Very attractive people. <laughs> oh well, now it was good talking to her again, and I just want to make sure everybody understands that uh, we do not have a financial relationship with uh, Gifts of a Lifetime or Jane Cartelli. Uh, this really is. Uh, you know, like I said, it's a great idea. We get so many people asking about uh, uh, special events and things to do for anniversaries, birthdays, engagements. 
that the fact that I didn't think of it sooner just is proof of th- that my brain is really. I think I'm going to call Jane and offer and volunteer to be a pixie. You'd I think be- you should. I think you, honest to God, and all and kidding I'll come aside, back and tell you about it. I think you would make a great pixie. You'd be very good at that. I think it sounds like fun. Oh yeah. Now they're all going to want to book the Kevin Pixie experience. I'm not telling anybody what. Really. Because Kevin will be in a Pixie uniform. That's right. I wear my Pixie it's costume. A, it's a green unitard. My big with size wings. 15 Pixie shoes. Get Pixie Crocs. Stomp, stomp, stomp. <laughs> oh, all right. We're going to move on and discuss a little bit about Christmas in July. Um, over the course of the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about all aspects of Christmas. Disney World, Disneyland, and Disney Cruise Line, and uh, you know some of our tips and and things that that we suggest, things that we do, uh, things you might not be aware of. The holidays are really, I think, value for dollar. You get more out of a trip during the holidays at Disney World than you do any to, uh, any other time of year, just because you have things like the candlelight processional, you have all the all the resort displays, all the stuff that goes on, all the free stuff that goes on. For Christmas, and it's always a lot of fun. And they, and I'll tell you, they've gotten a lot better in the last few years. It was really bothering me a few years ago how poorly they were decorating those theme parks. That they were just decorating the main drags and kind of leaving everything else alone. And then we noticed last year they really started decorating the rest of the parks a lot more. It was a lot more, uh, a lot more Christmassy. But um, yeah, that's basically what we're going to do. Is each week we're going to do one segment. On some aspect of Christmas and spending Christmas uh, at, like I said, Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line. And I also promised everyone that we were going to give away uh, podcast uh, podcast cruises. And I have two podcast cruises that I am determined to give away sometime in the month of July. And we have been debating amongst ourselves how best to give them out. And, you know, there were some ideas floated around, and then we all said, no, those are all too complicated. Yeah, no, no essays. <laughs> yeah, no essays, no, no scavenger hunts. We're just going to give them out at random. We're going to give them out at random. I am going to give away three prizes every week. Each week, someone we're going to ask three people to pick a number. Um, we will uh, alternate between... Uh, received emails and voicemails, and those who sign up for our mailing list. Um, we'll, we'll be pulling names from those three sources. If you sent a voicemail into the show, if you sent an email into the show, or if you have signed up for our, our uh, mailing list, that's how your name is going to get put into consideration, and we're going to pick at random from those. And we're going to even include people who maybe not necessarily have an email read, you just have to have send one to. If you sent it, yeah. If right. you send an email in, now if that, that doesn't that doesn't mean start sending me emails with nothing more than like an exclamation point in the body. What a cruise! You know, <laughs> send an email. But uh, you can do you can send the emails if you want to do that. Podcast at wdwinfo.com. In terms of voicemails, you can call us toll free: United States, Canada, and Mexico, eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. And, uh, of course, if you want to sign up for our mailing list, just go out to the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and uh, that's perpetually there. A sign-up uh, link for that is, is always on that page. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm um, telling Julie to go ahead and pick three names this week. 
We're going to start giving them away next week. Well, maybe because we didn't do it this week, we should give away six next week. <laughs> Technically, we have five shows to do in, in July. I love your logic. <laughs> well, technically, this is going up July 2nd. It is Christmas in July. It's 87 degrees outside, 87 prizes. <laughs> okay. Any ideas? Stop. Okay. <laughs> the number that was of, creepy. That was creepy. <laughs> the number of prizes will be commensurate to the number of emails and voicemails we get. I want you to know that that's what Corey thinks you sound like. I know. That was the Pete impression. <laughs> really? Hmm. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it on playback. I guess I was wrong. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's probably the the easiest way to uh, to do this is just randomly, randomly hand them out. Now, keep in mind, too, that you're killing me with that headphone (laughs) off to the side. (laughs) It's hilarious. Wish you people could see what he looks like. You Um, can't forget it. No, we can always take a picture. And they just remember that, you know, yeah, while the podcast cruises are really cool. You know, if you listened to our call-in show last week, gave away a lot of cool prizes. We given given away annual passes, backstage uh, tours, all sorts of stuff. Richard Petty driving gift cards. Richard Petty gift cards. So we got a whole bunch of cool stuff on the prize matron. Go ahead and pick. Yeah, go ahead and pick six for next week. And now, do you want me to? Pick like three from our June emails and like three from the emails that we read this week. I will leave it to. Your discretion. Okay. It's a lot of pressure. You could even reach back in old emails if you want to. Well, just because we haven't given away anything for June, that's why I... Okay. Whenever. I know you'll be fair. <laughs> She's always fair. Just expect them all and I'll be PMing you and sending you emails. <laughs> Julie, please pick me. Stalking you. I'll ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, now, one of, the reasons, uh, one of the reasons that I like to do Christmas in July is because this really is... Coming, you're coming up on the on the outside time, the optimal time to book this. If you're going to visit for the holidays, this is the this is really the best time to to start doing that. If you haven't done it already, this is the outside. By the end of July, you don't want to be trying to book anything for Christmas. We're actually seeing some sold out. Oh yeah, resorts and dates. So it's very important to start booking now. Yeah, uh, December is doing really really well. December has become very busy. I don't mean to beat this to death, but we thought it was important enough that we wanted a Christmas Eve reservation that we made a call from a cruise ship in San Juan, Puerto Rico, to Disney Dining and made our Christmas Eve reservation. So, Well, yeah, it's, it's it was, especially the Christmas Eve ones, boy, those are so tough to get. So that's one of the reasons we do this, to kind of just like highlight Christmas, um, you know, the holiday season, what goes on, and to get everybody thinking, you know, if you're, if you're going to... If you want to go to Disney for Christmas, now's the time to book it. There was something else I mentioned the last time we did a show when we were talking about the Candlelight Processional. Um, I had mentioned that there was a possibility that there's always a possibility that the narrators can change. And I had mentioned that one of the narrators had had a tragedy in his family, and he's the person who's supposed to be there Christmas Eve. Now, while the cast member didn't come out and say... This is going to change. The cast member I spoke to was very adamant about the fact that I should be aware that there was a possibility that there could be a change in narrators. So I don't know that. I'm just I, I'm just extrapolating from our conversation that they might have been given That's, word. Uh, that Stephen that, Curtis Chapman, right? Yes. One of the problems with doing the show now for Christmas is that a lot of the stuff hasn't been announced yet. Right. It's also one of the problems you have with... Um, 
people wanting to book their vacations in advance, we realize that people want the information is that, so that they can plan their vacations around what's going to happen at Disney World. Just understand that a lot of that information is not available yet. But you know, if you're going to try to go, you got to try to book it now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's what we're going to be spending a lot of time uh, this month talking about. And uh, one of the ways to get your voicemails or your emails read or to send in your Christmas questions. If you're planning a trip or thinking about planning a trip for the holidays, whether this year or next year, and you have questions for us, um, we'll definitely be reading uh, more of those this month than we will some of the other ones. As a matter of fact, uh, on uh, tomorrow's email show, I've got about three or four, I think, queued up that we're going to be listening to. Can we answer the one question now? What's that? Yes, the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is worth it. Your children will love it. Your yes. grandparents will love it. Everybody's going to love it. Yes. <laughs> there. I, get, I get the impression you've been asked that question a couple times, Kevin. It, 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 it's like seems like at certain times of the year, that and the um, Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, every third email you open, and they go through the whole litany of who's coming and when they're going to be here and where they're staying and they have, what their ages are and what their birthdays are. And the final thing is, do you think they'll like it? <laughs> yes, they're going to love it. Go. <laughs> there. I'm done. You're ready to be a pixie. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> are you sure you won't be showing up? Maybe I, maybe I should give this to you. <laughs> Get in line! <laughs> Can you just feel the pixie falling out of them? <laughs> That's that sound. That's the pixie falling out of him. Trying to escape. <laughs> Kevin has inherited the sound. My inner pixie. <laughs> oh, Lord. One of the other things that we're going to be uh, talking about uh, this month will be some of the Christmas events going on outside of the theme parks. Uh, certainly some great stuff going on in the parks. But there's some pretty cool stuff that happens around Orlando as well. There is a modicum of culture, not much of it, but there is some culture in this town outside of uh, outside of our theme parks. So uh, we're definitely going to talk about some of that stuff. I also uh, there's a way to enjoy the holidays in Orlando without actually being here the week of Christmas, the 23rd through January 1st. If you're looking to enjoy the Christmas spirit, the Christmas decorations, the Christmas activities, if you come outside of that window, you're going to have more opportunity to see more things. If you come that week, you're going to have to be aware that that's when the massive crowds are here. Oh, it's, it's crazy. When the, we, the, kid, the, the week the kids are out of school, it, it's more about seeing the parks and seeing the decorations and seeing the hotels. The lines for the attractions are pretty much ridiculous at that point. Yeah, um, if you have any idealistic uh, concepts about spending Christmas with your family at Disney World and you're going to be here that week, understand a good portion of your time is going to be spent like in the world's biggest mosh pit. Hmm. And the um, the Osborne lights are a great indication. They run November 28th through January 4th. The candlelight procession, excuse me, the candlelight processional runs um, November 28th through December 30th this year. There are no January dates as far as I can see. It's unfortunate that everyone wants to come or has to come during that the time that the kids are off from school. If you are lucky enough where that's not a restriction, Try to do um, things, you know, try to book your, your stay for times that are not 
the busiest time so that you can enjoy more and see more. The last week, the, the last couple of days of November and the first couple of weeks of December, all the Christmas decorations are up, all of the activities are going on, and the crowds are much lower. Oh, yeah. And the weather's perfect. Yeah, a lot, I know a lot of people do come down the first week of December. That's a real popular time um, for like Disney fans to come. And it's still, even though it's, it's a little busier now, I think, than it was in years past, it's still real manageable up until you get to Christmas week, and then it's just, ugh, I, I, can't, I couldn't imagine. Bob used to go into the parks every, every Christmas. You've heard us tell that story. Bob and Mike, Abbott and Costello, <laughs> decided they talked John and I into meeting them in the park on Christmas morning. The best thing you could ever do was go in and get uh, ba- something at the bakery and a hot chocolate and sit and watch the people coming in for Christmas. Well, they didn't tell us that you had to be there at 530 <laughs> So John and I showed up around 9.30, 10 o'clock, and we parked the car, and we couldn't get past the ticket booths at the Magic Kingdom. They're just beyond the ticket booths, there's that, that large open space where you funnel into either the ferry boat or the monorail. Right. We couldn't get into that open space. It was packed with people waiting for transportation. And we stood there for about 10 minutes, and Qualden wished them a Merry Christmas and said, Bye. It's it's lunacy. No, it gets nuts. It gets absolutely insane. Now, understand, though, that if you are staying at a Walt Disney World Resort, you are guaranteed entrance to one of the theme parks, even if they start closing parks down. That doesn't mean you're going to be in the park you want to be in. Like, for example, you may want to be at the Magic Kingdom, but if they shut it down for capacity, you're not getting in. But what they will do if you're a resort guest, they'll make sure you get into one of the three other parks. They'll tell you. Go over to Animal Kingdom, go over to Epcot, go over to MGM. So Magic Kingdom is usually the first one to shut down, isn't it? Uh, yes. And I would suggest, uh, the 4th of July, I'm going to imagine there's a new fireworks show uh, at the Magic Kingdom. And I'm going to guess that they'll probably close the Magic Kingdom on 4th of July. Yeah, all, 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 almost always. Mm-hmm. But then again, though, with all the discounts they're giving out this year, who knows? Who knows? It, but, yeah, I think you're probably right, though. It probably will end up. If any of the parks are going to close on 4th of July, it'll, it'll be, be Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. So. Last year, we had the Animal Kingdom close a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. We did. We did. So if, now, if you guys have any, um, uh, any stories about things you've done over the, uh, the holidays at Disney World, special things your family has done to celebrate Christmas uh, in Disney World, Disneyland, or on the cruise line, be sure to... Include that in an email or a voicemail. Um, we're going to love playing that stuff. I may, if, we get, if I get enough good ones, I may even make Spaceport in the regular show. Try and get as many of those voicemails and emails played as I could. So absolutely send that stuff in. Podcast at wdwinfo.com if you're sending it via email. And toll free, one 9662 if you want to leave us a voicemail. So that is what we're going to be doing the rest of this month for Christmas in July. And that is also going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank uh, everybody here at the table. I want to thank Jane Cartelli from Gifts of a Lifetime for uh, taking some time to talk with us today. And we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody.